Broadcasting from Cincinnati, Ohio. And Phoenix, Arizona. You are listening to Work Life 360. This podcast is all about helping one another navigate through the noise and the clutter that's holding us back from our potential to be a healthier, successful community. Whether it's stress, head trash, time management, tips on living a healthier lifestyle, or just navigating lifelong goals, this podcast is everything work-life related. I'm Rhonda. And I'm Bruce. We're here to provide you with tips and tricks to help you navigate through the day-to-day mental blocks. Let's get started. Hey, 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 do you remember? <laughs> da, 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 back in September. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to Work Life 360. Today, we're going to be talking about earth, wind, and fire with the amazing <laughs> Suzanne Heaton. We're so excited to have you here with us today. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you for inviting me back. As I mentioned to you, Bruce is away at a function for his work, so he's sending his positive vibes our way and coffee with Susan Rhonda yeah yeah so thinking just off the top of my head that whole theme of earth wind and fire which one of those do you want to dive into first oh my goodness I leave it all up to you let's dive into earth to begin with okay yeah yeah oh the last time we had you on the pod, you talked about uh, forest bathing and the importance of getting our hands dirty and really building that physical connection, that physical memory with the earth because we get so busy in our day-to-day modern lifestyle that we sometimes forget, I think, our mortality or our connection with the planet, which impacts everything about us, right? We're made up of the earth. And I think tapping into earth allows us to feel some type of like a a spiritual connection that we are so much more beyond than just our physical body and that we're immortal. So that's kind of what resonates with me. Like we are interconnected with every single part of the earth. And I don't think we think about that in our day to day. And I think tapping into the earth, how beautiful it is to live in a more natural state of being and and as presently as we can, as you promote for mental health and well-being. um, Yeah, 100%. Um, There's so much in that. Um, There's two two things I want to kind of focus on and on that. And one is awe. And then the other is just cycles. Uh, And so when we go out in nature, there is so much awe and wonder for us to see if we just slow down, look and listen. And when we connect with that awe, kind of what you were saying, we realize, oh my God, I'm just a small piece of the puzzle. You know, I'm just, I fit into this huge, immense universe. And it's interesting because they did um, studies out of University of British Columbia on people going for awe walks. So what they did was they took one group and had them really focused on looking for awe when they went out for their walks, but taking selfies of themselves. And this was over an eight week period. And then they had another group go out and just go for a walk, right? And they had them journal about their experience as well. After the eight weeks, what they found was people, when they were taking the selfies of themselves, actually made themselves more in the background. And it was more about taking the picture of nature than it was focusing on them being in the picture. And those who hadn't been instructed to really focus on the awe, um, like they were front and center in, in the picture. And I find that so interesting. And on top of that, those that went for the awe walks actually ended up being more compassionate towards other as others and more social with others as well. So um, there is that whole incredible connection that can happen. And nature is a great way to do that. And then on, on the cycle piece, 
there's actually a lot of work with people who are grieving and the benefits of going into nature. And when you're grieving and you go out into nature, you see things that existed before you arrived on this planet mm. and that are going to exist that are going to exist a long time after um, we leave this planet. So, you know, after there's been a forest fire, you see the fireweed come up and you see the cycle of life tr continuing. So it just helps to put things in perspective because we're only here for a short time. Mm -hmm. And so let's make the best of it, right? Yeah. As you know, and our, probably our listeners know, since I moved to Arizona in 2017, I had some health issues that resulted in my moving here with autoimmune issues. And I really never made the connection between the earth, you know, and my being and my health really until I slowed down, I had that time in between jobs where I was exploring the beautiful mountains here. And mm -hmm. as you're talking about the research, I visually can recall feeling exactly what you're talking about, that awe. And, and when you feel that, it opens the doors to where your senses are taking in different types of information that's been there, but you really weren't aware of. And it just happens like, beautifully and I feel like it lightened the load within me if that makes any sense it makes a hundred percent sense and then even as you mentioned when people pass you people saying hello acknowledging one another smiling scooting out of the way and then in doing that you notice all the little aspects around you the rocks the dirt the twigs the animals, the creature, the wind, the air. It's just a really a beautiful, beautiful experience. The benefits just are overwhelmingly so much that it's a shame that not everyone has made that connection yet. And I really hope that with the work that you do and others in your arena, that people start to tap into this really free, beautiful experience for the well-being. Yeah, well, I was really excited because um, I, I just read an article where, um, so in British Columbia, um, the BC Parks had partnered with Dr. Melissa Lim to offer nature prescriptions. And what's happened now is Canada Parks has um, agreed to offer free passes to the parks for people that get these nature prescriptions. Oh, so it's, it's about a $70 plus value. But um, so three provinces, uh, British Columbia, Saskatoon, or Saskatchewan, pardon me, and Ontario have come on board with that. And I'm really looking forward to the rest of the provinces coming on board with that because I'm in Alberta. So um, it, it would be great to see it happen here too. But one of the things that you said, Rhonda, about, you know, walking outside and, and just, you know, taking in the trees and the rocks and everything. So when we go out into nature, nature doesn't judge us. And a lot of times there's a quote by Ram Das, and he talks about how, you know, some trees are disfigured and, and not straight and upright like all, all the other trees, but we don't judge them. Mm -hmm. And that's such a great metaphor for us to take when we're meeting other people, to, to not have that judgment. And there's another study that was done that, that found that people who worked out outdoors, like not only did they decrease their uh, blood pressure level more than those that worked out indoors, but they also, they're breathing in that clean air, right? But they also improve their self-esteem. And I find that fascinating, but when you really think about it, when you go to a gym, there's other people there and you're usually indirectly comparing yourself, mm -hmm. either by looking in the mirror mm -hmm. or seeing someone else working out right? Whereas when you're in nature, it's, it's usually trees and rocks and mountains as the background. Mm -hmm. So you don't have that comparison and that judgment happening. 
So I can totally see how that would naturally boost your self-esteem. Yeah, it's, I read something recently too that talked about kind of what you are alluding to there, how there's this instinct or what have you that we've created to judge ourselves. And that's such a sad reality that we live in. But if you take that perspective of one of the things I do is I actually collect rocks. Um, <laughs> so each one of them is so beautiful and brings about a wonderful memory of an experience. And I think if we apply that to the way we experience our relationships with each other, like each relationship that we have is a unique relationship. And that person is a unique individual. And it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing to see diversity in the world and experience all the different elements of life's blessings. And the hopes are with our younger generation, hopefully we're seeing some of these biases that we've had that have been generated over you know, lifetimes Hopefully we'll start to see some of the some of the stigmas removed so that people can live in more harmony, like with the earth, how we live with the earth, how we interact with it, how we respect it, how we care for it, how we nurture it, how we connect with it can teach us lessons for how we treat one another. 100%. And you know, I'm a rock collector as well. <laughs> But um, it goes back to, you know, everything is energy. Anything that has water in it has energy and, and, and it vibrates at a certain, certain frequency. I had a really neat experience with um, my nephew. I took him into a rock and gem shop when he was feeling a little bit down. And um, he, he was about six years old at the time. And it absolutely blew me away because we went to the amethyst area for him to pick out a rock. And I said, you know, hold it up to your heart and see how it feels. And he held one up to his heart and he said, whoa, Auntie Sue's, this one has really weird energy. And he said, I, I don't want that one. Pulled another one. He goes, ah, oh, this one, this is the one for me. And I thought at six years old, wow. he gets it. Right. And and most kids do like we, we could learn a lot from them. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. I also noticed, too. So I live in Arizona, as you know, it's mm. extremely, extremely warm climate, dry climate. But one of the things I really enjoy doing when we're, my husband and I are exploring different areas is touching the rocks, feeling the heat, feeling the moisture and just having that connection that physiological and psychological connection with all the different elements that make us who we are and make the planet who it is and our universe what it is. It just stimulates so many of our sensations that I think we miss out on because we've created these working environments where we live in these spaces mm -hmm. that, are, that are extracting from the earth since we're in the supply chain logistics transportation industry, sometimes I have these deep thoughts and we're seeing all the issues with the supply chain now. I'm like, but we keep taking more and more and more and more and more. Yep. So maybe we should talk about doing with less and giving back to the earth and how that would solve some of these problems that we're trying to manage with people and technology. Yeah, that is, that's a big one. And um, I, I just finished um, reading the book by Robin Wall Kimmermere. She's a plant biologist and uh, also indigenous. And so she brings spirituality to science. Mm. And that's what she talks about is as humans, what we can bring is we can bring gratitude to everything around us. That is what we're meant to do and never take more than what it is that we need mm. because that's just greed and selfishness, right? And she, she really reiter reiterates that in the book about how, you know, 
when, when they were living so closely with the land, they, they never took more than what it was they needed. And people looked at them as being lazy. Like they, they weren't taking everything that was there, but they would leave some so that the plants could reproduce as well as have stuff there for the animals, right? The birds, you know, it's not just them. It's a whole ecosystem. It's a whole environment. And the more we realize just how incredibly connected we are, the better. And um, I was going to say with you touching the rocks um, as well, um, there's a real mindfulness going on there and a raising of consciousness, right? Um, And just realizing how connected we are. And when we start using all of our senses beyond just what we're seeing, hearing, what are we feeling, you know, when, when we see these things? What are we touching? We might even taste something in the air. It might be a really earthy taste. What are we smelling? Really connecting those senses. And that, that ties into the, the forest bathing, right? Mm-hmm. Really being present to everything that's around us and using every single one of our senses. And that brings our stress levels down significantly. Mm-hmm. I think for folks listening, um, maybe who are having some stressful times in their lives and aren't really sure or they feel stuck in the nuances of the day today. I can only speak from my experience and you from yours, but there really is something to stepping outside. We talked earlier about the love of just viewing a sunrise or a sunset Mm. or looking at the birds or hearing the birds and just watching the leaves or watching the wind blow and it can really benefit our mood and our emotions in ways that we cannot experience within these walls that we've created no no not at all because when we're inside um these walls everything's 90 degree angles right it's square but when we go out into nature everything just flows it rolls and it flows there's not this 90 degree stuff happening actually when we go out into nature we tap into the same part of the brain that we do when we're being introspective or when we're daydreaming so so that's just calming in itself just even knowing that right Right. um it, it just it just allows you to take that that sigh and just just take things in and and um i actually i've experienced this myself and i i spoke with um um someone who used to be a teacher and uh she said you know when she would come up with a problem she has her phd now she's she's teaching in the university but when she would come up with a problem at work she would go out for a walk no matter what the weather was whether it was hot, 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 or cold, or raining, or whatever, she would go out and she said it would just clear her mind. Mm. And there's so much going on there. There's, you know, the whole brain gym. It's when you're walking, you've got the right and the left side of the brain connecting. And so you are tapping into that creative side. But there have been so many times where I've come up with a problem. I go for a walk, and in the process of coming back from the walk, even though I hadn't been thinking directly about it, an idea comes like flooding in. It's like, ah, that's the way I can solve, right? Mm -hmm. So really powerful stuff. And I think, Rhonda, like you were saying, I think if more um, businesses took their meetings for as walks outdoors, they would be more productive, get more done, get more creative solutions coming in Mm -hmm. and, they, they actually did a study with that in, in Japan where they had a, a major issue the company was dealing with. So they had one group stay in the, the office and you know research what they were going to do with this problem. They had the other group go for the weekend outdoors. Those that went for the weekend outdoors came up with a more creative and cost-effective solution than those who had stayed in the office. If you think about it, you're walking, you're moving, the blood, you're moving your muscles, you're taking in oxygen, you're energizing and fueling your body 
in a beautiful, natural way. So it just makes sense that our brains are going to be able to function in a more creative, flowing way when we're moving versus sitting, as you mentioned, in these 90 degree angle spaces, which are very restrictive if we think about it. I mean, how uncomfortable. I can say, since transitioning to some remote work life here this past year, when I'm home and I'm sitting, I'll sit from five in the morning sometimes till one, two o'clock in the afternoon and I haven't even stood up and I feel awful. I experience grain fog. My emotions are like kind of dreary gray. I may have not drank any water or even, even nourished my body. So I think it's really important for us to go about our day-to-day jobs is to remember that we are meant to move and socialize, um, take in water and, and just making it a priority to get up and experience how life can happen so much more effortlessly and healthfully. I don't even know if that's a word. (laughs) How life can just, we can just transform the moments and experience success, whatever that success is by just getting up and going outside. I mean, it's really not that hard. Why is it though? It's not. And you know, I I just want to say something because I just learned this term. Have you heard of DBS? No. Uh, So DBS stands for dead butt syndrome. Oh. And it's exactly, (laughs) it's exactly what you're talking about. And it's interesting because basically they call it gluteal amnesia. So Uh your butt literally falls asleep to what it's supposed to do. And that's, you know, to hold the pelvis in line and also to align the back. And what's interesting when I started digging into that was they said even people who are runners can experience dead butt syndrome because if they run, you know, in the evenings, weekends sort of thing, but if they sit in their at their desk for eight hours a day, they're going to have dead butt syndrome. Mm. And um, I have a sit-stand desk to to help with that. So um, that does help. But yes, the actual movement is what helps that dead butt syndrome. And getting out for a walk is one of the best ways to do that. We have a challenge this month. It's Healthy Heart Month. One of the three wellness challenges that we have our team participating in is called Interrupted Sitting. Love it. For that Love exact it. reason. Obviously for the cardiovascular benefits of moving our bodies, but for what was it? DBB? DBS. So dead butt syndrome. Okay. So I will add that to my slide next time we do this challenge. Um, for sure. So and kind of echoing off what you had mentioned, there's research showing that if you get up from your seat for five minutes every hour, it changes your whole physiology and how you show up. It helps you stay focused, energized, more mindful of what you're doing, more present, less prone to making errors or getting a little sloppy or experiencing head fog. So yeah, yeah. So that's, a, that's a fun little challenge that we're doing with our team to promote some wellness in the workplace easy to do but you just need to be mindful so schedule and i schedule. i think that's i think that's the thing it is so easy to do so we take it for granted mm-hmm. it, and it's it's just like um breathing for instance mm-hmm. like breathing deeply down down to our diaphragm mm-hmm. we we don't do that enough and a, a lot of times like i'll even find myself holding my breath when i'm in a really tense situation and trying to figure something out and it's like oh my god like breathe right? Breathe deep. Just calm your system down. Well, let's explore wind. (laughs) Speaking (laughs) of priming our emotions and our moods, I mean, I think about the many sensations of wind um, and exploring wind in terms of our physical bodies. Obviously, when we're walking or trying to move in wind, there's some resistance there, right? And that can change that can cause changes in our body posture, our energy levels, our heart rate, our musculature, our skin. And then those things, obviously, we know can affect our perceptions of things and our emotions. So there, again, there's this 
physiological and psychological response from the sensory input from our environment. Um, and I don't know about you and our listeners, but I know that for me, on some days, wind can feel invigorating and give me energy. And then there are some days if I'm not feeling so great, it also can, I don't know, drain me and make me feel emotionally weak, depending on what's happening in my mental state. So when I think of wind, I think of it in that terms and then just watching the trees or a flag or admiring the birds despite this powerful force still being able to glide. It looks almost effortlessly. You know, and you mentioned fires and the impact of wind um, with other elements. It really is a powerful force to be respected. And I'm curious to hear how you relate wind with the physical body and mind. So, okay, the wind teaches us so much. Um, And um, I I have to admit that I'm not a huge fan of really strong winds. (laughs) I I, I grew up in um, um, a small little farming community called Miami, Manitoba. And when we got the really strong winds, it meant a tornado was coming. So it triggers me, right? Because it reminds me of being down in our basement. And back then we had the little AM FM radio and tuning in and, you know, and we were all huddled on, on the one side. And Mm -hmm. so it brings, it brings back those um, Mm -hmm. memories, but um, a beautiful soft wind, you know, the the one that just kind of, it kisses you on the cheek. Mm-hmm. and just lets, lets you know it's there, I find that to be so comforting. And it's kind of like I feel cradled mm-hmm. um, in the wind. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful feeling. And then when it gets a little bit stronger, I look at that as being a symbol of letting go of things, letting go of what no longer serves me and just let it go with the wind, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I feel that's a symbol for us to just not hold on so tightly and i i love especially in the fall i love watching watching the trees and seeing that last leaf that's hanging on you know for dear life and it's there's just so many lessons that when we look out to nature it 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 shows us and and that leaf that leaf eventually lets go and goes down and becomes food for the tree and again there's that cycle of life that happens right but um yeah a beautiful soft wind and when you think about it there's so much wisdom in the wind like if we could hear what the what the wind had to share with us we would Mm -hmm. learn so much right Mm -hmm. so so much and i think it's just learning to be in in tune and allowing to come in whatever needs to come in i love that that resonates with me as well i can recall as a result of the show the wizard of oz (laughs) being (laughs) being traumatized and nervous about tornadoes so you know when you say that i can recall vividly as a child listening to the wind howling and blowing on the windows and that fear from the wind wow I haven't really thought of that. Goodness, probably in 40 years. But yeah, <laughs> sorry, so I, sorry to bring it back up. <laughs> I can see that. But you know what, though? So that just points out how our perception changes, too, right? With different experiences. And we still well, have that innate, that innate fear of it because of its power, you know, yeah. and, and what can happen as a result of it. But then, but then you brought us to that beautiful story of it kissing our face. Mm-hmm. So then you brought me there. So my perception again changed. Right. Um, and seeing how loving and kind, and again, it touches each one of us so differently. And just being mindful of its presence connects us with something bigger than ourselves. Yeah. And, you know, just just two things that came in. Um, one is, you know, the the power of the wind, like we can't control it. Right. Mm-hmm. There's things in our life we can control and there's things that we can't. So focus on what we control, can control and let go of what we can't. 
and the wind teaches us that in spades. But I think the wind also teaches us that there's a time in ourselves where we are gentle and loving and kind, and there's a time when we might be angry, right? So we have to embrace the whole thing, the, 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 the good, the bad, the ugly, right? And, and because we're, we're not perfect, we make mistakes, right? So embrace the whole, the shadow side and the light side all in one, mm. because it's one package. Yeah, I'd love to sit back and it's very settling to hear the chimes from the wind mm. or, or hear, as you mentioned, the trees or the flowers blowing. My husband and I started a garden three years ago, and that's right now, that's one of the things that we're paying attention to, the leaves falling and just the changes and the colors and, you know, you clean up and organize everything and you just get it just right. You know, and you come back in the house and then you wake up the next day and you can tell the wind has been there. <laughs> the cycle of life, it will continue. And just being mindful of that and just appreciating all the gifts that come from nature, including the wind, it just can alter our perception of what's going on inside the walls as opposed to what's happening just in a natural way that can help us just regulate our attention and our ability to cope with modern life. The good with the bad. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So if we're talking about fire, mm -hmm. for me, it brings up, well, I have a fire pit my husband built for me a couple years ago for Christmas. I am the person that is mesmerized by mm -hmm. fire. When we hike and we camp outdoors in the wilderness, that's one of our favorite moments is when we build that fire that cultivates warmth and this beautiful glow, this powerful force that not only can we use for keeping us warm in the middle of Tonto Forest, but to heat up any foods we've brought. And also, believe it or not, like that's the way we protect ourselves when we're sleeping out in the forest. It just, I don't know, it triggers a part of my brain that really feels warm, protected. I'm able to meditate mm -hmm. with fire. That's what resonates for me. Well, there's a lot there, Rhonda. Um, <laughs> so like you said, it does trigger a part in our brain because it's very ancestral. We've, we've only evolved over the last little while, right? And so electricity is just a recent development. Yes. So we used to all gather around the, the fire to tell stories. And so that, that's in our DNA, that, that feeling of warmth, that feeling of connection, that feeling of community, the feeling of belonging, the feeling of safety, that feeling of warmth. That's what we see when we look into to a, a campfire or a, a fire, right? And um, it creates this connection. Um, and again, it is an energy, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, when you stare into the flame, sometimes you see different colors in there. Sometimes you'll see different images. And um, fire can also be incredibly, incredibly healing. I did a ritual. This is the, the first time I did it um, on the first full moon here in, um, in January of 2022. I went out to our fire pit and there, was, um, there were some things that I was needing to let go of. Mm. and and burn and so I made a ritual of it and I took the stuff out and I started the fire and burnt burnt it and it was interesting because some of it was taking a long time to burn so I sat there and I stoked the fire and made sure every last bit burnt and I honestly thought that I'd been out there for half an hour and I was feeling a little bit lightheaded and I went inside and I realized it was two o'clock in the afternoon and I'd spent an hour and a half out wow. <laughs> by the fire. Mm. But just like you said, like it's almost like you lose that track of time. It becomes very meditative. Mm -hmm. And what was really interesting was that evening we had gale force winds. So it was almost like what I burnt 
all that stuff I no longer wanted, it was being carried away by the wind. And that's what I envisioned. And it was just such a beautiful experience. So if, if anyone has stuff that they're needing to let go of, mm. I highly recommend writing it down on a piece of paper. And if you have the ability to make a, a fire outside, like a fire pit, mm. light it on fire and just watch it burn and just see how your feelings change. Watching that burn, watching that just be dissolved, go away, you know? It's it's a really, really healing process to do. And actually, one other thing I wanted to speak about was, was the cooking on the fire. Um, they've actually checked the energy of food, and the energy of food is highest when you cook on an outdoor fire compared to cooking indoors mm. so that's why food always tastes so much oh, better when you're outside oh, it does <laughs> you are 100 i say that to my husband all the time yeah. i think part of the reason why i love hiking and camping in the middle of nowhere <laughs> is that meal that we have together i would say even my taste bud sensations are heightened in yes. that. so that makes complete sense i did not know that that is so yeah. Fascinating, Suzanne. So Isn't it amazing? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. so yeah, that, I'm, I'm the same as you. I love cooking over a campfire. It just, it doesn't matter what the food is. It doesn't yeah. seem. <laughs> and I see fire is kind of like the wind and the earth is something to be respected, something that's powerful, something that can put us in our place if we need it to be put in our place. A hundred percent. It's like the wind, right? Yeah. Um, if we let it get out of control, it can do huge damage, mm. right? So that's where that respect, that's where that gratitude um, has to come from. Yeah, and then we can cultivate the ashes from the fire and use that within our gardens. So Totally. That's something that we enjoy doing as well. Love it. Can I just speak a little bit about the, the gardening piece? Um, so... There's been so many studies about the benefits of gardening. And um, one of them is by exposing ourselves to those mic microbiomes in the soil. So people that do that, their asthma tends to go down. And as well, there's chemicals in the soil that are considered happy biomes. So when we're gardening, we're actually making ourselves happier by digging in the dirt. Mm -hmm. And we're also getting that connection, right? Like you said, like when you were gardening. Yeah, it's just a really, really powerful process. And also they've done studies with kids who have avoided getting their hands dirty and are overly sanitized. And they, they end up having more immune issues than those who expose themselves to the dirt. And there's a doctor out of the States, and I can't think of his name right now, but he it's a healthy gut project that he's doing. And he said, you know, if you're growing your own food or if you're getting it from the farmer's market, he said, maybe don't clean it so thoroughly. Maybe just get a little bit of that healthy biome into your gut biome so that you don't have this sterilized gut because the whole brain gut health has been been linked you know for mm -hmm. depression and anxiety and everything so he's he's recommending that people maybe don't scrub scrub their vegetables so much as long as you know where it is that they're coming from and i i thought that was interesting yeah i mean it just makes sense we are of the earth one with the earth really so there's no need to bring these man-made chemicals into the mix and then we're losing out some of the, the earth's natural nutrients those micronutrients that yeah. are killing well you know and that is an area that's really taking off right now is the difference between soil and dirt so soil is active living micro microorganisms dirt is dead like it's been depleted of of everything it's been it doesn't have any nutrients left in it so it's it's about the soil so if we if we just look to the soil and replenish our soil naturally that in turn healthy soil helps to give us healthy plants 
um, and vegetables, which we then eat, right? Because it, it's just a whole cycle that happens. So the more healthy our soil is, the more healthy we are going to be. When we nurture a garden or support our local farmers markets, there's definitely a difference. We notice the food tastes different. It feels more (laughs) nourishing. For me, I just feel healthier versus eating foods from the grocery store that Lord knows where these foods come from. Or say we go out and we eat at a buffet. I haven't done this in years, but the chemicals on the foods there. Eating out, I'm more of that home-cooked, back-to-basics kind of person. Maybe it's because I'm very cognizant of the way our food has changed with the development of agriculture. Um, But I think regenerative farming and people in that space are really doing a good job to start to educate us on how best to nurture healthy soil and all the creatures that are residing within it versus putting things down to kill those things we might see as nuances. Those, 100%. Those little pests are there for a reason. They they <laughs> totally are. They totally are. They're all part of the part of the cycle, right? And when, when you said about the, um, the food just tasting different, I my husband and I started our vegetable garden two years ago, and getting those fresh carrots out of the ground and tasting how they're supposed Mm. to taste Mm -hmm. they tasted like they had honey drizzled over them Mm. but but they weren't it was just it was just that natural carrot coming from the ground and it was so sweet because um my niece who was two at the time um i took her out to her garden and uh, showed her showed her the carrot and she she wanted to have one so she had one and we just kind of clean the dirt off of it a little bit with the, the rain barrel water and, and uh, she had a taste and she really liked it. So every time she came over after Aww. that, she wanted to go to the garden to get a carrot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's adorable. Yeah. And it's a very therapeutic process to caring and nurturing for a garden. And in a way, if for those folks that maybe have a hard time intentionally practicing self-care, I think we in turn, when we're nurturing a plant, are caring for ourselves without even maybe being cognizant of it. That is so, so true because we, we get to tend and nurture, whether it's an indoor plant that we have or whether it's, it's outdoors. And I think the thing I really want to say to everyone is, you know, if, if they're new to gardening, go easy on yourself, be compassionate, be willing to experiment and learn. I'm up here in a zone three slash four um, category zone. So we get a really slow growing or short growing period. And I just discovered something that I'm so excited about and I'm going to try it. And it's called winter sowing. And it's where you use, you know, those four liter milk cartons you, you cut about three quarters of the way through you kind of open it up so it's got a hinge you put your soil in you put um seeds that need the cold to um help them open Mm -hmm. and um you you put that jug outside like in in the winter in the snow and and then what happens is it creates like its own natural little greenhouse effect in in the milk jugs and the plants harden off as well. So you don't have to worry, like here here in, in Canada, we usually start the plants inside, we have to have grow lights and worry about lots of things and then have to harden the plants off and that's taking them outdoors to mm-hmm. slowly expose them to the wind and the sun so that they don't, don't dry up right away. With this process, this winter sowing, you just take the lid off of the milk thing and expose it to it and then um, take them out and transplant them right into the garden. So I am going to be trying that this year. I'm so excited. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Fun when you find little tips for how to improve your gardening skills here in Arizona. Obviously the 120 degree weather is an issue. So if you come to my house, you'll see sheets draped frequently throughout the backyard, some rope tied around whatever I can find. If anyone has any tips on how to grow a tomato in Arizona, I would really appreciate it. 
that's that's our struggle and i love a good jersey tomato i'm from new jersey so we oh, matter of fact we interesting. just yeah we just tried a new plant this is our third crop our third harvest and last night we we bit into the tomato and it tasted like vinegar so we're, we're still oh, having to no. we're still having to learn this so the climate obviously the dust the soil here is, is very sandy so but we listen to our local gardener and we're trying to slowly regenerate the soil in our garden we're composting awesome. so that's really been helpful and for my husband i could say for men out there that is his soul space so yes. when he comes home from work and he's in heavy highway construction so he's pretty physically exhausted yeah he goes right into the backyard and he spends about 30 to 40 minutes caring for the plants and then when he comes in the house it's our time so i've learned to appreciate that when he comes home he needs that wind yep. down time yeah before, that... yeah before we interact so yeah ladies gentlemen out there <laughs> if your spouse comes home from work and is not immediately drawn to your energy and they're doing something like that just know that everybody should practice self-care in whatever way works for them and just communicate your needs so and he said no. something to me i i I'm sorry, I, I just finished the story. So I, yeah. in my head, I was thinking, oh, he works so hard all day. He's coming home and he's spending almost an hour outside. Doesn't even want to take a shower and sit down and relax. So I started caring for some of the garden. And then as a way to surprise him. And he said, what did you do that for? I look forward to it. So I was like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> didn't realize that. Now I just go out there with him, chime in a little bit here and there, but uh, the backyard, our garden, I let him tend to the crops as he calls it. I'm going to tend to the crops. <laughs> so, you know, here in Arizona, he's still new to the state, so that's been his grounding point. So I'm here to support those efforts. So listeners out there know, just be supportive of whatever therapy or modality the person that you love or your children need. Give them space to partake in that activity. I love that. I love that you do that. And uh, it's been interesting because this last two years has created some interesting um, dynamics. And um, a lot of people are working from home um, and then they go right from work to, you know, getting dinner ready or whatever it is. And so they don't have that decompression time mm -hmm. anymore. And that decompression time is really, really important, whether it's going for a walk, a run, going to the garden, really, really important to just kind of unwind after the stress of the day. Mm -hmm. And I've heard a lot of people say they don't have that, that time right now. They just switch from one to the other. Mm -hmm. So that's awesome that your, your husband has figured out that that garden is his sanctuary for him. Mm -hmm. And one of the things I was going to ask you, and maybe this is just not possible at all, but um, container gardening for your tomato plants, like giving them really, really rich soil, because that's what we have to do yeah. here um, for our tomatoes, um, because we have such a short season, because we have to bring them indoors when the temperatures start plummeting, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm just wondering if you had a container for the the tomatoes that you want to plant, and maybe talk talk to the gardener yeah. in in the garden center in your area and just I don't know whether Arizona does that or whether it would just be too hot in that pot for for the tomatoes maybe we can adjust it based upon the season yeah uh, yeah I appreciate that tip yeah sure well, just so just trying to get you your tomatoes that's the one thing we're missing <laughs> so everything else I can't complain I'm very thankful for the, all the fruits of our labor and the Lord has been good to us and helps us appreciate nature, the outdoors, the wind, the fire, each other, and how we relate to each other as a family, as a community, and in our work life. But Suzanne, do you have any any other points or things you'd like well, to 
it was just kind of funny because when you said the Lord is good to me, do you know that the Lord is good to me? And so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. Yay, Johnny Appleseed. Amen. Hey, wow. <laughs> Perfect. I love that. Uh, it's actually a song, but I wasn't going to uh, hurt your ears. <laughs> the pod with that instead we'll close the pod i like them apples folks exactly oh on behalf of bruce and our listeners suzanne we want to thank you so much for your time your positive energy your intellect your advice your share your experiences and all the wonderful things you're doing in Canada and throughout the globe to promote mental health and well-being in the workplace. We appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me, Rhonda. It's been a true honor to be speaking with you. And Miss Bruce, maybe next time. For sure. <laughs> well, thanks for joining in, everybody. Take care. Take care. Awesome. Yay. Yay. <laughs> so had you heard that song before? No. Uh, yeah. So it's... The Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. John and the apple seed. Amen. Oh, I'm still <laughs> recording. I'm going to have to put that. No! <laughs> I thought you stopped. <laughs> no. <laughs> Funny. <laughs> it's great. Welcome to Work Life 360, folks. so much for your time thank you. thank you so much as well and anything i can do to showcase what you're doing spread the word i'm more than happy to do that yeah. well have a great rest of your day i'm going to be taking you with me <laughs> likewise and likewise i'm going to have to learn that song now and sing it the next time i'm out in the wilderness for sure too funny too funny all right. All right. Well, listen, thank you for a wonderful chat again. And it's always a pleasure. Same here. Take care. Okay. Okay. You too. Bye, Bye for now. Bye. That wraps up this episode of Work Life 360. Thanks for joining us. Make sure to check out all of our other episodes for even more great content. Check out the show notes, any links, any articles that we've referenced in today's episode. We appreciate your time and ask you to send any feedback to worklife360podcast at gmail.com. We value your time and we're here for you. Contact me directly if you'd like to learn more about me coming to run a free sales training workshop for your team. Follow me on LinkedIn or check out my website at brucepumierswc.com. If you'd like to learn more about me or have a free health consult, check me out on LinkedIn or visit my website at planningtheseedsforhealthyliving.com. Thanks for joining us.